Hello everyone, I'm Yolanda Johnson Bryant and this is The Other Side of the Dash. Hello beautiful people. If you're new here, please take a moment to follow and subscribe. And if you're a regular, thank you for returning. I am so very appreciative. Today I'm going to talk about writing your memoir and give you some tips on how you can do that. I'm an author of several titles, both fiction and nonfiction. All my books, regardless of the genre, have to do with some form of women's issues. My love for writing started at an early age. I loved writing in English and they were my favorite subjects in school and they were the ones I most excelled at. I remember being in college and raising two children as a newly divorced mom. Money was tight. I tried to find many ways to make money to pay for school and I came across a website called fastweb.com. It's a website that will ask you various profile questions to determine if you qualify for certain scholarships, grants, or monetary awards. One of the entries I came across was to write a short story for Playboy magazine. Now this is back in 1999 and the top prize was $1,500 and I won that prize. Now how FastWeb works is you'll create a profile and the more info you add to your profile and the more questions that you answer, the more scholarships and awards will come up. You are asked things like, does your family belong to an Indian tribe? Do you have a parent who is active, military, or a veteran? Do you have a family member who works for McDonald's or other corporate companies? And as you go through the profile setup, you might think some of these questions are silly, and some of them are, but answer as many as you can. The amounts of the awards vary. I've seen them as low as $100 and as high as $50,000. And by the way, this podcast is not sponsored by FastWeb, but FastWeb, if you're looking for a sponsor, I'm your lady. I decided it might be worth mentioning to those who are looking for help in school or career development. So back to my love for writing. Before I even applied for the monies from FastWeb, I had already started writing my first novel. It was called My Daughter's Keeper. I finally finished a book and started college at the University of Phoenix in San Diego. Then I had done a little research but was still uneducated on the ins and outs of publishing a book. So I let my friend help me publish using one of his ISBN numbers. And we'll get into ISBN numbers and we'll get into ISBN numbers later on in the podcast. But being excited about publishing my first book and thinking this person was my friend, I allowed him to let me publish it under one of his ISBN numbers and later found out that that meant he had the rights and power over my work. And I was devastated a few years later when I did a search for my book only to find that my friend was selling it on his website without my permission and without even telling me, which meant that any of my books he sold, I would receive nothing. He would get all the profit. I quickly made a few changes to my book and republished it under another name. And this time I used my ISBN numbers. That book was called Circumstances. Although I made a few mistakes along the way, I was proud of that book. The next book would be Revelations, the next 27 Flagship Cove, then 3737 Grim Avenue, and then The View from the Window. I sponsored and participated in several anthologies that include Crimes of Passion, the anthology, She Has a Big Butt, 
get past your excuses and realize your dreams. When women become business owners, solid business and faith-based advice for real female entrepreneurs and Love Knows My Name, Aspiring Love Collection, Volume 1. I'm currently working on both fiction and nonfiction titles, and one of those titles happens to be a memoir. Once you've reached 50 years old, you've lived a lot of life, right? You've made some mistakes, you've done some things right, you've learned, you've taught, you've laughed, you've cried, and I'm all for us, the elders, passing on tips and our experiences down to the upcoming generations. Now, I know some of you might be saying, I can't write a book. I have no idea how to do that. Well, let me tell you, you can. I'm going to give you the basics on how to do so. The rest is up to you. You can do it. So let's get started. The term memoir refers to the telling of your story as it pertains to your life. Everyone has a story to tell and everybody's story is different, right? That being said, will you write about your entire life or will you write about a special part of your life? Or will it be about a traumatic part of your life? Many memoirs are about overcoming obstacles. Whatever it is, the choice is yours. Once you start writing, you might surprise yourself. You might end up with more than you set out to do. As a former literary consultant and as an author, one of the things I stress to my clients is to just write. So many people get caught up in the technical, less important aspects of writing. They get hung up on whether or not they're using the right font, tabbing, spaces, periods, order of events, etc. I can tell you if you concentrate on this, you'll become distracted and you'll never get your book written. Just write. Everything else will come at its appointed time. Don't worry about if your thoughts are in order or if you got something wrong. Just write. You can use an outline and perhaps that will even help you organize your thoughts, but don't spend too much time on your process. Now that you've gotten your story written, here is where you can go back and organize events and thoughts. I use software called Scrivener, not sponsored, which is an affordable writing software that I use to write my books. However, there are other free ways or low cost ways to organize and put your book in order. Whether you are a subscriber or an owner of Microsoft Office software, it does come with OneNote. OneNote allows you to add notebooks, notes, photos, and organize that data or if you can just use Microsoft. Now proofreading and editing are two different things and I'll explain each process as it pertains to publishing. Proofreading is you going back through your manuscript and repeating the read step, making sure everything is in its proper place. In addition, you will make sure spelling is correct. Things like names, streets, locations, and so on, as well as correct dates and other pertinent information. You would do a basic spell check, but I can guarantee you, unless you're a professional editor or a language or English teacher, you will have some typos or spelling errors after this step, but that is just fine. Just catch as much as you can. I suggest reading your book from frontward and then backwards. I mean, start from the very last word and read your work backwards. Why do I suggest this? Think about it. When you're reading something you are so familiar with, so close to and you know how things are supposed to be, it makes it difficult to separate that from actual spelling, grammar, and other mistakes that are easily made. Which brings me to my next step. This is a taboo topic for many. When first time authors approach and price an editor, they panic. Editors are not cheap by any means. Now there are so-called editors who will say, I can edit your book for $100. 
These are not true editors. These are folks who are looking to make a quick buck at your expense. On average, what you're gonna pay an editor will depend on factors that include the type of editing you need, but also whether the editor charges per word, per page, or per hour. You're looking at between $2,000 to $5,000 on average, total dollars depending on the length of your book. Now there are ways around this price tag, but I would advise that you be careful. You don't wanna produce a piece of junk that no one will want to buy. You could hire a proofreader as opposed to an editor for less money, but you won't get the developmental aspect that an editor can provide. If you know an English or grammar teacher, you could see how much they would charge to edit your manuscript. I would advise to be careful having family members edit your work or even seeing it before you publish. You can be met with resistance and that may not end well. If you forego any of it and feel that you can do it yourself, just keep in mind that if there are any errors in your book, after it's been published, you will hear about it from readers. But perhaps the contents between the cover will be so intriguing, they'll give you a pass. Now, if you remember earlier, I mentioned the fiasco with the friend and using his ISBN numbers. This is a very important part of this process. You should purchase your own ISBN numbers. Now, just to give you a little tidbit on ISBN numbers, Unless you know for sure this is going to be the only book and the only format that you're going to write, then okay, go ahead and get one ISBN number. I highly recommend against it, and I'll tell you why. Because in the world of publishing, you must have an ISBN number for every format of your book. So it's the same book. But if you want it in Kindle, if you want it in paperback, if you want it in hardcover, if you want it in large print, yada, 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 you have to have an ISBN number for each of those formats. And who knows, you may like this publishing thing, writing books, and you may want to write a book in the future. My suggestion to you would be to buy 10 ISBN numbers at a time. Now, Boker is the provider of ISBN numbers, legit ISBN numbers, because there will be people out there who will sell you ISBN numbers for a cheap price. And you have to be careful because that might mean, and in most cases mean that they own your work per se, or you're publishing under their imprint, under their name, or whatever the case may be. Do not fall into this trap, people. Some people will try to bypass this step, and I guarantee you, you'll come back to this podcast and say, why did I not listen? Purchase 10 ISBN numbers at a time. And for 10 ISBN numbers, it's $295. And some, again, will try to get around this because they think, well, $300 for some identifying numbers? Yes. Going back to what I previously stated, if you plan on purchasing this book on various formats and you decide later on that you want to do one, it would be beneficial and cost savings to you to do this. One ISBN number costs $125. So let's say you print a paperback of your memoir. And I, I just personal preference, I think most memoirs should be hardcover anyway. So let's say you did it hardcover. And then later on, you decided you want to connect with your audience who can't really afford a 
hardcover because hardcovers are more expensive than paperback. So you want to connect with those readers too. So you want to go ahead and publish your book in paperback. You're going to need another ISBN number. So for the hardcover and for the paperback, you're already paying $250 for two ISBN numbers if you buy them separately. So let's say you want to publish it via ebook. You have to come up with another ISBN number, which is $125 on top of that. Now, where the ISBN number is not as important when it comes to ebook, if you use Amazon's publishing platform, they don't use ISB numbers. They use ASIN, which stands for Amazon something identification number. I forget off, offhand what it's called, but they'll use their own number. But still, you, you understand my, my reason for telling you to go ahead and purchase 10 ISBN numbers. Now, what exactly is an ISBN number? All books have to have an ISBN number in order to be published. So basically it's an identifier. So if you go to a, a bookstore, you go to a library and you look on the back of that book in that barcode area and it has ISBN, that's how your book is identified in the Library of Congress, across libraries, across bookstore. Basically like your social security number identifies you, this ISBN number identifies your book. So. Um, I'm not going to get into too much about ISBN numbers. Again, I'd be more than happy to help you for a consultation fee. <laughs> so do not bypass this process. Do not go the cheap route. You will regret it if you do. So let's move on. When picking the cover art of your book, you have free reign over what you choose. However, my suggestion is to use a self-portrait. If you're writing a book about yourself, why shouldn't you be on the cover? You can have a photographer take a nice photo of you that better gives a preview to what's in between the cover. Having a photographer will give you a high quality, high DPI photograph that will be in line with cover creation, which we'll get into next. I challenge you to look at other authors' biographic or memoir book covers just to get an idea of what might work for you. Now this part can be a little tricky for the first time author if you're doing it yourself. You can also hire a graphic artist to do one for you. For your cover, you'll pay anywhere from $250 to $1,000, depending on the difficulty of the cover. Keep it simple. Again, if you decide to go it on your own, there are tools that can help you with making sure your cover fits the correct specifications. Since I am an influencer and product ambassador for Amazon, I'm going to use their book publishing platform as an example. Amazon Publishing is a place where you can publish books with little upfront cost. They will provide you with tools and specifications to make sure your book is ready for print. Keep in mind, there's more to a cover than just submitting a photo. There is the front cover, which has photos and words. There is the back that has a photo, maybe, words, barcode, ISBN, publishing imprint, etc. Your spine will include the title, author, and publishing imprint. The spine is a little tricky because it's based on how many pages your book is and whether you choose to publish a paperback or hardcover or both. If you change your page count up or down by even one page, the measurements specifications of that book will change. And if it is not correct, the printer will either reject it or you will have a horrible looking book. I use Amazon and Ingram. Ingram is the largest book distributor in the world. 
However, they charge upfront and other fees. But both Amazon and Ingram have both pros and cons. There are other platforms in which you can publish, but you'll have to look those up on your own. Or you can pay me a consultation fee and I'll be glad to help you. <laughs> Not only do you have to make sure your cover is formatted correctly, but you must ensure that pages are also formatted. You can do this with a simple Microsoft Word formatter, which isn't foolproof, or you can hire someone else to do it for you. If you're not trying to spend money to do this, find out the specifications via the platform you are using and make sure everything is where it needs to be before you send it to the printer. However, you have the option to get a proof copy of your book before it is published to see how it looks. You can make changes then, but I suggest you catching any changes before this process. You don't want to continually order proofs and have to continually correct mistakes. This will cost you a lot of money. Now that you've gotten all your formatting taken care of, you can select an independent printer, which usually charges a discount for mass printing, or you could go other routes. Keep in mind, a mass printer might mean that they'll charge you $3.50 per book for 500 books, but where will you keep those 500 books? With Amazon Publishing, you can order your books at a discount, but it might be slightly more. Let's just say $4.50, but you can but you can just order 10. That way you don't have a storage problem. When you publish and list your books on Amazon, a reader will order directly from Amazon and Amazon will then in turn send the book directly to the buyer. Less work for you to do. Platforms like Ingram will do the same, but the prices are higher and there are more fees involved. Now would be a good time for me to mention that you should check with whichever platform you choose to use how much your royalties will be. Your objective is to get your story out there and keep as much money in your pocket as possible. Finally, you're going to pick a release date. You can publish the same day you upload your manuscript to a printer, but keep in mind you won't have your book that day. I advise picking a date. I advise picking a date that is one to three months into the future, just in case anything needs to be adjusted and just in case you want to plan a release event. Start telling everyone about your book release and start scheduling speaking events, book signings, interviews, and so on. I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that you will need to keep a thick skin once you publish your book. It's realistic to know that not everyone is going to be happy for you. Not everyone is going to be happy that you told your story and you will get some backlash. Turn away from that negativity and keep your head towards the positive. I can guarantee you that there is someone out there that your story will touch. I can remember when I first published my first book, I hired a literary agent and I don't quite remember the reason for the falling out, but I do remember firing her and her telling me, you'll never sell another book, I'll see to it. And my response was, if I can just help one person, then I've done my job. Now this is back in 1999. I've gone on to write and sell other titles, but I remember in 2001, a young lady sent me an email. She had been enduring several types of abuse since her early childhood and she was contemplating suicide. That was until she read my book. She thanked me for writing the book. God showed up on time. So like I said, you never know who your story can touch or help. I challenge you to get that memoir written. You don't have to tell all your business. Maybe pick a particular event and expound upon it or just go all out and tell people the trials you faced and how you overcame them 
Or maybe your life was peachy keen and you have a story to tell or tips on how you were able to keep it all together. I just challenge you to add published author to your name on the other side of your dash. Well, thank you for tuning in to this week's episode. I'm Yolanda Johnson Bryant, and this has been The Other Side of the Dash. Yeah.